It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, everybody, we welcome you to another edition of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast as we take you home over the weekend here and get you set for week one of the National Football League season, specifically for the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, the season kicking off on Thursday night with the defending Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs defeating the Houston Texans. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. That's right. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON and you'll get $10 off your next order. That's BuiltBar.com, $10 off your next order with the code Locked. On. All right, so away we go. Let's get you the latest injury report uh, on this Friday afternoon, and that's why obviously we wait a little bit so we can get you as much information as we possibly can. And what do you know? We have it. And it's not exactly great, if we're being honest. It's not exactly great for the Washington football team. Here it is. So, Thomas Davis is not going to be available. He has been ruled out. He's been dealing with a calf injury. He has mispracticed now for about two weeks, roughly. Uh, So you know it's a pretty good pull, strain, whatever it is. Uh, We don't get a lot of information, but that much we know that he is out for this Sunday. Meanwhile, Not great news on Kendall Fuller either, if we're being honest. He's listed as doubtful. Most teams that list players as doubtful means they're pretty much not going to play unless there's a real, 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 real big improvement uh, over the next, you know, 36 hours from the time that we record these, honestly. So that's not good either. So it looks like Uh, The big money addition, and this team didn't spend a lot of money in free agency. It looks like the big money addition uh, to these, um, you know, to the secondary is not going to play in terms of Kendall Fuller. As a matter of fact, two free agent uh, additions. And and Fuller is important from the standpoint of, A, he's a real smart and heady player, and B, they spent a lot of money on him, but also because Philadelphia – has some talent at the wide receiver spot. Now, 
Alshon Jeffrey is banged up, but they drafted Jalen Rager in the first round. He was looking like he was not going to play, but he has now been taken off of the injury list, and barring some sort of setback, he is going to play. Again, a first-round pick, Jalen Rager, he is going to be a problem. Last year's second-round pick, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, he is going to play. This year's fifth-round pick, John Hightower, kid with all sorts of speed, he is obviously going to play. Greg Ward Jr., who caught the game-winning touchdown last December for Philadelphia against eh, Josh Norman, who couldn't get out of here fast enough. Thankfully, don't have to deal with him this year. Greg Ward Jr. is still a part of this mix. Oh, yeah, and then there's Deshaun Jackson. Remember him? Yes, I think you remember him. Of course you do. He, of course, caught a couple of touchdowns, deep ball passes week one of last year against the Washington football team and the secondary in the second half. So you have that as your mix at wide receiver, again, with no Kendall Fuller in all likelihood. Now, what it means is, I I assume Fabian Moreau will start at one corner, Ronald Darby will start at another corner, and Jimmy Moreland moves inside the slot with obviously Greg Stroman and Danny Johnson, who may have been kept mostly because they were worried about Kendall Fuller's knee, to be honest with you. So I assume all five of those guys will be active uh, on game day, and I assume, again, your starting nickel package uh, will look like just that, Um, unless Fuller makes a miraculous recovery, and I just can't imagine that he's going to, uh, but maybe I'll be surprised. By the time we get to Sunday's game and the time we're at FedEx Field. So, it looks like that's going to be your starting corners or your starting five corners, which means your starting safeties, of course, are Landon Collins, Troy Apke, Cameron Curl, DeShazer Everett, and they could, if they wanted to, if they wanted to, just leave it at that because they don't really have anybody else on their roster at nine defensive backs uh, for the game and just go with that. And that's pretty much what they're going to have to do unless they add somebody here from the practice squad uh, at the last minute. Now, it should be pointed out that practice squad players uh, can be recalled in terms of two per week uh, and added to the roster. So as we just kind of take a look at that, they could bring up Aaron Colvin. Uh, They could bring back Jeremy Reeves, who they protected uh, in terms of the you can't steal list. So uh, Jeremy Reeves, Brett Maher, who was added to the practice squad after our last crossover Thursday edition, uh, he's protected uh, as well. Joshua Garnett is protected, uh, so they could add one, one or you know they could add two of those guys uh, back to the roster. So we'll have to again see how they choose uh, to kind of do things on Sunday. All right, so that's that story. Uh, and in terms of other injuries, you know, again. Um, Sadiq Charles practiced in full on Friday, so that's a good sign. I still don't know if he's going to be active uh, just because he hadn't played in, obviously, any games, and he was raw before then. And if you look at the offensive line picture right now, I know Ron's going to take at least nine offensive line guys. He basically said that. The question is whether they take 10. So Jaron Christian, Wes Martin, Chase Rulia, Brandon Sheriff, Morgan Moses, five. Cornelius Lucas, six. Wes Schweitzer, seven. Keith Ismael, eight. 
and then David Sharp nine. So that's your nine. The question is, is whether they take a 10th and whether that's Sadiq Charles. I think personally he'll probably be inactive, but I could be wrong. Uh, again, you only need seven inactives. Uh, so I could be wrong again on that. And it looks like, again, Antonio Gandy-Golden, who missed a lot of practice but has practiced in full this week, you know, could be in the mix for a wide receiver spot. Again, depending on how many they go with, four or five. If they go with four, I can't imagine Gandy Golden is active. You would have McLaurin, Sims, Inman, and Isaiah Wright. If they go with five, then obviously Gandy Golden uh, is active. So it just kind of depends on how they want to do things in terms of special teams and in terms of things shaking out like that. Maybe we'll get some answers to that late Saturday evening, that type of thing, uh, before we even get to the uh, stadium on Sunday morning. All right, so that's the story in terms of that. The team did not have any media availability on Friday, so what we're going to do is hear Ron Rivera from Thursday. That's right, head coach Ron Rivera from Thursday, and then a little bit uh, also of quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi before we get on out of here, right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. And obviously, we will have much more analysis starting on the next edition after Sunday's game because, well, we have football that we can actually see, right? I've been able to watch a full practice in a week and a half, so there's not a whole lot I can tell you um, because we haven't been allowed to see it. Uh, which is understandable. That's just the rules, uh, and and it is what it is. Uh, but the bottom line is, is I'll be able to tell you more on the next episode and starting on the next episode because then we'll have some sort of basis for what we're talking about. All right, so that's the news of the day. Ron Rivera next. Stay tuned on the Washington football team, Locked On Washington football team. My bad, jumping on there. On the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. All right, guys, once again, it is Chris Russell with you for our friends at Built Bar. That's right, BuiltBar.com is the only spot you need to go if you are looking for a good, healthy option. And who isn't, right? I mean, if we're going to blow our diets and if we're going to eat like pigs on Sunday during football games, now the football is back, we got to be good the rest of the week, right? So every breakfast, every lunch, every snack can be perfectly healthy for you. That's right. How? Built Bar and BuiltBar.com. The best tasting protein chocolate bar ever. Trust me, you are gonna love it. 18 amazing flavors, nut flavors, non-nut flavors, new flavors like caramel brownie, uh, lemon almond cheesecake, if you like that, um, carrot cake even, or the 12 original flavors, peanut butter, guys. Peanut butter. Ah, Love chocolate and peanut butter. Who doesn't? Mint brownie, salted caramel, and coconut, if you, that's your thing. Not really a coconut guy, but hey, some people love it. Bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are healthy, and they are low in sugar, and low in net carbs, high in protein, and they taste delicious. And they fill you up. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get $10 off your next order. Use the promo code Locked On for $10 off at BuiltBar.com. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, it is Chris Russell with you on the Locked On Washington football team podcast as we get you set for week one, the Philadelphia Eagles and the Washington football team. Here is Ron Rivera about to make his Washington head coaching debut. Hey, hey Ron. Sorry, sorry I was late, guys. I had to dry off and you know try to take care of myself a little bit, so I apologize. Well, I hope you're feeling all right. So far, so good. Okay, good. Um, you're a big book reader, and you've talked about that in the past. I'm curious what books you've kind of turned to this summer and why. Um, you know, I'm, I'm reading um, a Winston Churchill book right now uh, called The Splendid and the Vile. And um, it, it's really about, you know, hunkering down for the long haul. And, um, you know, so, so, so there's a lot of good messages in it about, about preparation and, and preparing and understanding that things aren't going to be easy. They're going to be hard. Uh, but being able to get everybody to rally. So I, I've, I've found some, some solace in reading a book like that. Um, I am reading one. Um, and I've mentioned it before. It's called The Real All-Americans. And it's about, uh, it's about the uh, Carlisle Indian School football team. Um, it's a heck of a book. Why did you choose those? That book, you know, I, only saw, I chose the book initially to, to read up on, on, on the American Indian on the history of it. And so um, the, the book has been, it's been solid. I think it's a heck of a, heck of a book. It really is. Uh, I know Sally Jenkins wrote it and, and she did a terrific job. I've actually texted her a couple of times about her motivation and writing the, writing the book and she's been great about it. So it's just an enjoyable book. I, I, I'm learning a lot. Um, and, um, you know, I, I guess, like I said, for personal reasons, you know, that, that, that book is, is, uh, has been interesting. Hey, Ron. I was just kind of curious. So when it comes to home openers, I've obviously looked at what you all did in Carolina. Um, and I saw your four and five, but really in that, I saw that your teams never lost by more than a touchdown in those uh-huh. games. It was a very close affair. I guess I'm kind of wondering, just in your experience with those nine games, what makes for the difference of winning in a home opener versus having those very close losses in a home opener? Um, making plays. That's the truth of the matter. Um, you know, there's a couple of games that come to mind right off the bat that we had a chance to really kind of set things right and go in the right direction. Um, you know, and, and probably our biggest nemesis was Seattle. Um, whether we played them in the home opener, or we just played them, period. You know, that game was always a touchdown or less. And, and we had an opportunity to make a big play at the end of the game, and instead we fumbled it. We had a chance to win. Um, you know, that, I go back to that one. Uh, it's just, you know, it's just something that, that you always think about because you have a rival that you, you've got to be able to beat. Um, but you do find solace in playing well. Uh, it, it's it's you know it's not gratifying to lose obviously but you, as as a football team at least you can say hey we know where we are we're progressing I like this as the home opener because these guys are the gold standard in our division you know they won it last year got in the playoffs so this would be a good measuring stick as to where we are as a football team. What would you say that you've learned from your players or former members of the staff with Randy Jordan or Nate Katz or what would you say that you've learned about facing NFC East opponents from them or any conversations you've had just about this particular group of Division opponents. Well, it's interesting because you know, I I started my my positional coaching with Andy Reid in Philadelphia, and got a great sense of what those rivalries are about. Um, and then as I, as of the years have gone, playing against teams from the NFC East have has always kind of 
there's, there's a different division. And, and I think it's a more traditional division um, than a lot of them. And so I, I think it's kind of cool that you play these teams, you play these teams uh, that there's, there's a lot of uh, rivalry to it. And so to me, you know, if you can win your division, especially this one, and Philadelphia has shown it, you get a chance to go to playoffs. Thank you, Ron. All righty. Ron, I, I know you said after the Jacob Lake shooting and after the team held its uh, group meetings that it was important to you guys to kind of keep the conversation going. Do you guys have any formalized plans during the national anthem or otherwise um, to kind of keep that conversation going on game days? Um, we will. I literally just had a meeting with our team captains and we're going to have that discussion tomorrow. And the biggest thing that, you know, I just said to him, I said that this has to be about respecting each other's choice of what to do. I think that's the most important thing. You know, um, it's funny because people say, oh, well, you know, you should all kneel together or you, should, or you shouldn't kneel because uh, it doesn't show team unity. Well, I think that's wrong. I think if, if, if half your team kneels and half your team stands and everybody respects that, that's team unity. That, that to me really is because I am mature enough to respect your right as an American and First Amendment to kneel. And please respect my right to stand. And I think that's the important thing. That's the thing I think we've got to get out is that some people have this thought that this is what you should do and other people have this thought what you should do. Well, guess what? It's the world's about compromise and about respect. And if you don't respect the person's right, then you're not respecting the First Amendment. And that's the way I approach it. And when you meet with the team captains, do they meet with the rest of the team or how does it work on kind of deciding that? Yes, they will. They'll get together and, uh, you know, they'll have an opportunity to express themselves and decide what they want to do as a team. But the biggest thing to me is, again, is no matter what's decided, it has to be decided as a team fairly. Thank you. Hey, Ron, um, given that nothing about this season compares to any other season in NFL history, <laughs> Um, how do you begin to judge what a successful season will look like? That's a good question. I mean, you know, I, I came out initially thinking if, if, if we were able to go through everything and see where we are, you know, then you could make a, a real good, I don't know, I don't want to say prediction, but have a good feel for it. Um, the one thing I want to make sure, though, is, is that we play the right way. We play hard. We play fast. We play physical. We play downhill. We attack, you know. Um, those are the things I'm looking for. I mean, I, 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 I'm sincere when I say, you know, we got to give our fans something to cheer about. First, it's, it's got to be good quality football, and then it's got to be about winning. And, and that's what I want to see. I want to see us winning football games, but also, first and foremost, we got to play good football. That's the thing that we have to do. Um, and so as I, as I look at the guys that we have, I think we have a lot of good football players. Now it's a matter of getting the right group on the field and have them go out and play the right way. And then the winning will take care of itself. You know, it's, it's interesting because, you know, my first stint at it, it was, it was, it was, if you go back and look at my record, I think it was three and 13 in games decided by seven, six or points or seven points or less. And that was because we didn't know how to win. We didn't know how to finish. And I think we were afraid to, to put it out there. I was, I mean, shoot, I, I, I if I go back and look at it, you know, um, there were a number of chance, a number of opportunities that instead of kicking a field goal, I'd gone for it on fourth down and converted. We did, we did taken the knee and won the games. So it's it's about understanding and knowing what you know what we've had to do. And, and I learned from those those two years of of, of really just gut wrenching losses, and knowing that going forward, this is what I was going to do. And you know that's kind of where the whole nickname Riverboat Ron came from. 
So in that, in, in along those lines with that three and 13, for this first year, what would be more important for you, the three or the 13? You know what I mean? Because if, you, if you're in a lot of close games, that's, that means you have a chance to win those games more so than whether you actually win those games, if that right. makes any sense. Right, but I'm not going to put a number out there. Uh, you know, th these guys have enough pressure on them. They don't need to have a number on them. What they need to know is they need to have to go out and play hard, play fast and physical. They do their jobs, do things the right way. Believe me, winning will take care of itself. You know, but to put a number out there and, and try and hold everybody to it, no, I'm not going to write a check that they have to cash. Hey, Coach, uh, you talked the other day just about finally being excited that game week is here. What is it when you do step in the stadium, and obviously it's a new stadium, um, that you maybe is the first thing or that you're looking forward to the most, be it just walking onto the field, um, you know, waving to your wife? What are some of those things that uh, you're going to go, game day is finally here, and I'm, I'm excited to do those things? Well, it'll start, you know, when I get up and go downstairs and have pregame meal, you know, um, and kind of watch the guys filter in. And, and then, you know, getting on to, 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 to walk into the locker room for the first time, looking at uh, my gear, you know, um, all those thoughts will rush in. But when I finally walk out onto the field, it, it'll be cool. It really will. Um, because then, then I'll know it's, it's, it's for real. It's time and let's go. And I'll be excited. I really will. I, I look forward to it. This – you know, it's, um, I was talking to one of my best friends from, uh, from college and we were talking about, it. he said, what are you looking forward to? I said, playing football, just playing football. Hey Ron, um, kind of following up on what, uh, DA asked, just uh, how can you tell when your team knows how to win? Like obviously the scoreboard reflects that, but are there certain qualities that change in a team or anything yeah. that, yeah. There's a, there's a specific confident look about them. There's a, a certain desire. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 you'll know it as a coach, it'll hit you. Um, you know, when I was in Carolina, it was when, when, when they came to me and said, Hey, let's go for this. I, I, we got this, you know, when they, when they wanted it, when they wanted the ball in their hands, when they asked for it, that's, that's when you know, that's when you know they're ready for it, you know, because for a while it was easy for me to make those decisions and for them to go along with it. But then all of a sudden, you know, Cam Newton came to me, Brian Khalil, you know, Jordan Gross, you know, D'Angelo Williams, Jonathan, veteran guys like that came up and said, hey, coach, put it in our hands, man. We won't let you down. That, that's, that's when you knew they had the confidence to go out and do it. I don't know when these guys will have it, um, but I do know they want it. And so we'll see how it rolls. All right. And um, just a procedural thing. Um, you guys signed a kicker on the practice yep. squad. Is that just to have – backup for Dustin Hopkins in case anything Actually, for, for dust for, for, for Dustin and for trust he, he's he was up in Canada where he had to do both the punting and kicking so um, you know and, and that's what most teams are doing right now you're trying to find that one guy just in case you lose both your guys hey Ron uh, with the team we've heard some athletes around different sports say that the lack of crowd has kind of impacted their energy or their focus level is that something that's on your mind at all and have you had any discussions with your players about staying up even without all the pageantry of a normal game day no, we haven't. Uh, we just went into the, into the stadium, practiced it. They got a chance to hear the music, um, excuse me, the noise. We're going we're gonna to add probably that a little bit of music there as well. Um, but, you know, the biggest thing, the, the biggest thing they'll, they'll have to do is just understand how to focus without that crowd, uh, how to rise themselves up without that crowd. You know, and that's going to be our job on the sidelines too as coaches. We're going to have to get these guys riled up, get them going, and, and just understand that that's just the way it is. And then just another housekeeping thing was the captains is that voted on by the players Do the coaches have any input how do you handle that purely by the players and we will pick one extra captain each week um, as a um, 
you know, it's an honorary captain. Okay, thank you. Hey, Ron, Scott Abraham, ABC7. Um, with no preseason games, do you think your team is ready for Sunday for, for, for real NFL game action? And if so, what have you seen that makes you believe that they are ready? Well, the only thing I can tell you, Scott, is um, no matter what happens, they're ready to play. Um, how well we play, we'll find out. Uh, what's made me believe that they're ready to play is the way they've practiced. You know, they've had some really good up-tempo practices, and that's what you're looking for. Is you're looking for them to try to practice as close to their <laughs> as possible. We've had a number of those that I've been pleased with. So going forward, I think we're pretty doggone close, but we won't know until we, uh, until we play on Sunday. And so we'll show up, we'll go through the kickoff, and we'll see what happens. Two more. Hey, Ron, speaking of the captains, Dwayne said that that was a big priority for him in the offseason. What does it mean to you as somebody that challenged him as a leader to get voted in by his, by his you know, colleagues? I think that was cool. I really do because it just showed that everybody noticed, not just me or the other coaches or, or, or you guys or, or some of his teammates. They all noticed. They all noticed that he was right there. I mean, that he's doing the things that he said he would do, things that he and I talked about. That's great. That was great to see. It really was. And, you know, it was, it was, it was, it was a thing that there's a lot of gratification when you see a young man succeed and do things the right way. Now he's got to go out and put that performance on the football field and see what happens. Hey, Ron, we talked to Kevin Pierre-Lewis yesterday, and he was saying when he came into the league, he didn't see a lot of linebackers his size. I wonder if as the game has become, you know, more speed, more space, if you think the game has almost evolved to accentuate kind of his skill set. Yeah, it has. But, you know, remember one thing about football. Football cyclical. You know, we had an era where everybody wanted to get these small receivers out and run them all over the place. You know, here they had the fun bunch. Um, Houston, back in the day, the Oilers had their, their small crew of guys. Buffalo had – and so there was this push to get these smaller guys. Then what happened was people got these quick big corners and, and they basically started eliminating all these smaller receivers. So now, you, so now you start seeing the bigger guys come back into the game. It's a cyclical thing. This may last 10, 15 years, five years, well, who knows, you know. But there was an offense called the run and shoot that people tried to get into at one point in time too. So, you know, it, the game kind of goes with the with with the wind. You know, wh whichever the winds way the winds blowing, you know, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna adapt, change, and try something new. You know, this is a league of beg, borrow, and steal. I mean, we watch tape from what our opponents do. We watch what people are, are successful with, and we try to incorporate it into what we do. Um, and that's just the nature of the game. Thank hey, you, Ron. Uh, uh, one quick thing, I was wondering you. After you've kind of gone through this whole summer with a lot of unique once-in-a-lifetime kind of things, does it feel like this is just a typical end of a training camp in a summer, or is this sort of like you feel like you've endured something? Um, this doesn't feel typical. I can tell you that much. Um, but, you know, it, it is what it is at, at the end of the day. I mean, that's the only thing I can say about it. It's just – you know, we've dealt with it. We've coped with it. We're doing the best we can. We're making the best of our circumstances, and we're going forward. We're not going to quit. You know, we're, we're going to show up every day. We're going to work hard. We're going to do things that we're supposed to, and we're going to go forward. Um, but by no means is this typical. All right, and that is head coach Ron Rivera when we return for a final march down the field. A little bit from quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi. That's next on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Good to have you with us. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. And we finish up the show right here on the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast with quarterbacks coach Ken Zampezi, a small portion of his press conference from earlier this week with the media via WashingtonFootball.com. Describe your style on game days. Uh, how hands-on or hands-off do you expect to be, and what kind of things are you, what kind of conversations will you be having with Dwayne and the other quarterbacks throughout the contest? Yeah, there'll be a lot of conversation on the sideline until Dwayne gets there, and then it'll be the conversation that only matters to him. There's always a lot of thoughts and things that we're putting together, and there's some guys on the sideline that have played a lot of games, and their opinions are very much respected. But quarterback's head has so much space on game day tell him as little as possible to uh, get him to be able to process fast and play fast, but get all the points across. It's a little easier said than done, but knowing the person and having a relationship, uh, I can just eyeball him and he knows what I'm, what we're thinking or, or put my hands above my head. He knows, Hey, make sure the next ball is thrown above his head. There's little ways to communicate that doesn't take much mental effort. And we try to do as much of that as possible. We don't sit there in long conversations and have to, you know, debate topics. We already have been through it once. And I think the shorter the conversations, the better. And speaking of his, you know, quarterback having so much space, how do you and Scott and Ron and Alex and all these voices, how do you make sure that the messages you're communicating are all pretty much the same or you're not overpowering him with too many different uh, angles or thoughts? Well, I always uh, defer to the head coach and the coordinator whenever they have something to say. And then I kind of evaluate, okay, when's the best time to approach on a different topic or reinforce the topic, you know, right then and there. And that's getting to know the person and how much is in there and the look on his face when it's, when it does get overloaded, because everybody gets overloaded, but what's the look, how do you know? It's like, uh, knowing when your dog needs to go out, you know, just by the look on his face or the way he's walking around in the living room, you, you need to know things about people's body language. And that only comes in time. And so uh, we've been spending a lot of time and getting to know each other. That's a great comparison. Thank you. Let's go, Scott Abraham. Yeah, Ken, Scott Abraham, ABC7. Um, kind of big picture here. Obviously, the season opener, the NFL season opener is tonight. Did you have any doubt or concern with this crazy offseason and this COVID-19 climate that the NFL, we would get to this point and finally kind of have football? Oh, I, that's so far down the list of concerns. It doesn't even bubble up. We're trying to get a guy that's essentially a, a half-year player to be a, uh, a starter, a winning starter for us uh, on, on the Washington football team. All those other things will handle themselves. It'll be the same for everybody around the league. And if it does, it does. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I'm sure glad it's here because I wanted it to be just like this. And that's going to do it for us right here on the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm taking the red, the, the, ooh, I almost said it, the Washington football team plus the six. And somehow, someway, I think they squeak out a victory here, even without likely Kendall Fuller. I'm not as worried about Thomas Davis as I am Kendall Fuller. Somehow, someway, I think it'll be a back-and-forth game, probably in the low to mid-20s, somewhere in that range. I'll take Washington 24, Philadelphia 21. All right, that's going to do it for us. Enjoy the game, everybody. We'll be back Sunday evening after week one 
of the Washington football team and the Philadelphia Eagles right here on the Locked on Washington football team podcast. Adios. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.